0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Tanya Tagak. She is from Nunavut, Canada's newest, northernmost, least populated territory. Became its own territory in 1999. Imagine being above the Arctic Circle. Tanya's had a major influence on awareness of and development of Inuit throat singing. Folks, just it was fading away. Part of the... Crush the culture move from some people, uh, but it's it's back now, and uh, she got the Polaris Music Award in 2014. If you don't know what that is, folks in the U.S., it's like getting a Grammy for best album. It's pretty cool. She toured the world with her music with people like Buffy St. marie Bjork, and others, and you can go to YouTube and hear hear her things, and it's pretty wonderful. Now, of special interest to us, in addition to the musical accomplishments, she's written in a marvelous award-winning book called Split Tooth. I'm not going to list all the things it was nominated for and listed for and whatever. But that was published by Viking in 2018. And it's a blend of fiction, memoir, poetry, and Inuit folklore. Think magic realism. That's probably the best thing to think about. And go in with an open mind and uh, you'll have a real good literary experience. Now, Tanya is outspoken on social issues such as missing and murdered indigenous women. Abuses suffered by so many people in those hellhole residential schools. And as you can imagine, speaking out has earned her a lot of praise for her courage and a lot of hatred from uh, oh I'll just say small-minded bigots so that's Tanya Tagaka and I'm so thrilled to have you here I just love it seeing you here on my computer screen and talking (laughs) to you I love it
2: I'm having fun too nice Uh, to be
1: and talking to us today from Toronto And I wanted to start off with something related to your performance. It seems to me when I watch you is a feeling I get it's simultaneously primitive primal, but at the same time, very sophisticated and highly developed. And I don't know what you'd have to say to that, but that that's a sense that I get, which I, I love it. I really like that combination.
2: Oh, uh, what would I have to say that? Um, I'd say that when I'm living down here in your culture, I find you guys primitive and primal and also sophisticated. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, I, I understand the, that um, it may sound different, uh, but I tend to find... Uh, That a lot of cultures that live close to the land still tend to have a musical expression that could be described as a primitive thing, but it is not primitive. I think that uh, it's it's more of a closer expression to the land, which itself is something that a lot of humans are removed from. You know, when when, uh, you live in a city or you live in an urban environment, you know, you don't know how to um, make chorizo or you don't know how to kill an animal to make your hamburger or you don't know how to skin that animal or you don't know how your pastrami became pastrami. You know, you don't know... Uh, the connection to the land and like uh, is that that's true with people that grow vegetables too like you know that you you get your vegetables at the restaurant and you didn't grow them so I think that uh, when you're in an urban environment you get used to hearing certain types of sounds and music and when you're in um, an, um, an environment that lives closer to the land it's just normal to us those sounds are just normal and uh often different types of throat singing are confused with each other like uh, there's the submi people that do yoiking the tuvan people do throat singing it's mostly men that do throat singing there but we're all very different cultures from each other and there's a uh, i guess many many cultures that do vocal uh hawking in between each other and <clears throat> typically i find that i i have i get frustrated with the idea of the world music because it always just seems like not white music you know mm-hmm. and i get frustrated with the idea of uh primitivism because of the extreme uh, science it took and takes people to live off the land and you know our our modern environment our urban environment has been lent so many beautiful inventions from every culture from all over the world mm-hmm. that is what makes us us now so Yes, I I get uh, almost, people will find the sound of throat singing interesting or different, in particular because in Inuit culture, it's mostly women that throat sing. And it's uh, within a deeper register of our voice, almost as a growl, as if it was a growl. And I... Yeah. Uh, that to me, it is a very feminine sound uh-huh. that we are we are the birthers. We are the ones who go through uh, the vessels, we are the vessels on which life comes through. and uh, yeah. we we are just miraculous in form in part with our male counterparts and everyone else. So I find it a feminine sound, but of course I understand how it may not be seen as feminine outside of our culture.
1: I, You know, I think I used the wrong word when I use primitive, but I'm glad <laughs> I did because of all the things that you said. <laughs> I suppose maybe it's, it's, something in it is closer to nature or more animal it's closer to our animal side.
2: Yeah. That's a better that, way. I think
1: is a part of it is what it yeah. is what I'm getting at trying to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to explain that there's a difference between uh, the thousands of year old tradition of throat singing, which is two women that are standing face to face with each other. And it's like a call in response. Each woman is making a two sets mm-hmm. of sound that fit into each other like puzzle pieces and there's a leader and a follower and it can change in a heartbeat who is leading and who is following and it's the responsibility of the singers to have this friendly competition to see who has the best lung capacity and who has the best a uh, quickest reaction to change, and some songs are set and some songs are improvised. And really, traditionally, we sang into each other's mouths, but um, it was we were separated by the colonialists who found that way too enthralling, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, then uh, it was banned for a long time. And the revival of it has been, it's just wonderful to see the revival of uh, culture. There's also been the revival of uh, kakinit or tunit, their traditional tattoos that uh, Inuit used to get before colonial times. In the far north where I'm from, Contact with colonialism happened much later. It was in the 50s, 1950s, uh, that the Canadian government needed to solidify land mineral and water rights of the Northwest Passage. It's a vast passage spanning from coast to coast and you know everyone in the world was looking around to see who was going to own this so the canadian government forced inuit into communities and created communities so that there would be canadian Mm. canadian citizens quote unquote living on this land and my mother was part of this relocation um process so my living mother is uh, living history of how the government impact on Inuit communities. Um, I myself went to residential school for high school. So uh, it's a a very alive culture and a very, very alive thing that people like to reduce to history. And uh, we're We are a a very strong people, strong culture, luckily, so uh, we have not been wiped out and assimilated in totality, like what the desire was, and uh, we're here, and I'm just lucky enough to be alive at the time when this revival can bring so much joy and life back into our bodies and into ourselves.
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose we should hear you read something just and then we'll come back to uh, continue our story. Okay. This is split tooth, folks.
2: I'll just read uh, some short things and we can continue talking. Mm. Great. Inhale small fears as they turn into doubts, into words into ideas, into anger, into hatred, into violence. Exhale large fears and large words. They tumble back onto you. It's easy to get buried by our own mirrors. Inhale small fears and they whisper and travel to your mind. Observe them and thank them. Observe them and thank them for trying to protect you. They're trying to protect you. Exhale acknowledgements of the beauty within your instincts and the courage to love small fears. Inhale hard love, suck in the smell and reward, reap, eat, chew, swallow, devour all the goodness and love that is given to you. Exhale calmness and acknowledgement of the beauty within the courage it takes to not fear, love.
1: Do not fear, love. You know, something I, I, my impression when you're performing music, that once the song gets going, I think it's usually, this makes sense. After it gets going a bit, you almost seem to get into a trance, which may not be accurate, but to get, like, somewhere, consciously, uh, in your consciousness. And I'm wondering if that's true, and if it's true, does that have anything, is that related in any way to what happens to you when you write?
2: Yes, I think that it's different with the music. It's improvised music. So there's a process of letting go and only paying attention to the sound and only reacting immediately to the sound around you. Um, and I do find if I, if I paint, and sometimes when I'm writing, it might happen but it doesn't happen in the like viser- visceral sweating way that it does when um I'm throat singing or performing it's different there's a calmness to to writing and um it it takes a lot more effort for me to get down into the spaces i need to get down into because uh you know writing is limited because you're using language whereas sound something that uh, we can we can relate to you know everybody's different with it like if a car drives by and the muffler does that bang some people are some people will startle some people won't So sound is really particular to the individual, whereas writing, you are putting the ideas in somebody's head, like directly. Mm -hmm. A specific idea, a specific thought, a specific language. And uh, everybody speaks different languages. I was really happy to have split tooth be translated into French and Deutsch. So, yeah, I, I was I'm hoping it'll be uh, translated into Spanish at some point. But, yeah, very lucky that people across languages be able to read it.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the I'm just interested. It seems so cosmic, this idea of it's like your, your consciousness goes everywhere and nowhere. And you get into that state there, when you're really there doing the music. And then I'm just now flashing on the main main thing in the book, going out with the Northern Lights. And I get the feeling that's that same kind of consciousness uh, that happens. I mean, it's like having sex with the universe.
2: People often, in every culture, talk about being, leaving their bodies.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, I think that uh, there's, we're only here for a little while, and I know it's a natural state, but it could be argued that it's an unnatural state, given the amount of the universe that is not living and breathing. (laughs) So... (laughs) You know, maybe maybe our home isn't not in our body. And maybe we kind of miss that and we don't know it yet.
1: Oh that's good. There's something to think about, folks. Really, I love it. Like, oh, I go what? Have a little something here that you said. In reality, there are only the rules of nature.
2: Yeah. Oh sorry, that means yes. If I raise Yeah if I raise <laughs> That's that's you know if I if I raise my eyebrows this means yes and if I do this this means no. <laughs> Perpetually, I thought, a...
1: was, I thought that was just a pretty interesting statement. <laughs> there are Only the rules of nature.
2: Yeah, and well, we're here. Yeah, of course. Like we, you, for it is so futile our humanness trying to control things that we cannot control. Like when we die, you know, aging, um, trying to battle ourselves to only feel certain things, denying our instincts, you you know, feeling bad about ourselves for what we feel like, what we look like, what we're supposed to be like. It's really tiring. It's much better just to be. Just be what you are exactly in this moment and enjoy it, you know? It's very human to get twisted in all of these um, anxieties and worries and how we fit in. None of it really matters, ultimately.
1: Well said. Well, Now, I have a million things I could ask you about, but I think we should hear you read a little more.
2: That's a good idea. Oh, this was a little uh, a little thing that I wrote for my friend Denise. We spent like a a lot of these a lot of the stories in here were are from uh, are from things that happened or people I knew, and uh, I could read a longer excerpt. I'll, maybe I'll read a not poem next time, but the ones I have pulled out are. Uh, poems but here maybe I'll read one more poem and then see if there's time for a page but I love my friend Denise this very very good-natured a little shyer but always and still to this day radiating goodness and kindness but in a true way you know we grew up It was a bit rough where we grew up, and yet nobody ever wanted to see her struggle. And she's still somebody that I I look at and just think, wow, you know, humans, for all their flaws, there are some people that are just born good-natured, you know? Yeah. Remember that time when the sun sat sideways just to please you? Orange sun faced and long shadowed, we shunned the rest of the world and rested cross-legged only to uncross them and run. We cracked open pops and unzipped our souls to encapsulate the wind and placate the restlessness. We didn't know we would spend the rest of our lives running or we would have slowed down. Remember that time the river ran backwards just to please you? The eddies grabbed our toes and traveled up our legs. The sun much sharper, it reminded us that those eddies wanted to eat us. Numb and bloodless, toes curdled, we ran until the river forgot we were there. Remember the time that the wind stopped breathing just to please you? White-cheeked frostbite with alternating hands to cover the pain. Backs of the wind for protection. We did not need vision. Only the moon was guiding our laughter. When you fell and all stood still, the world stopped spinning and I realized your eyes were the center of the earth. We used to... We spent a lot of time together when we were children and her and I would find a reason to laugh at anything. (laughs) Like, and laugh so hard that we fell to the ground a lot. And every time we were parting when we were children, we would have this long, no, you walk me halfway home. And no, you walk me halfway home. (laughs) It was very sweet childhood friendship.
1: It's nice to watch. Uh, folks can't see your face, but I can see you're smiling while you're reading.
2: Oh, I love her. she's <laughs>
1: yeah, just, just great to see.
2: Very really. good memory. You know, like uh, sometimes that poem, you remember that uh, the book and movie uh, Stand By Me? Yeah. It reminds me of uh, that childhood time around that age. And, like, just really a lot of great memories with that
1: girl. Well, I knew what I was going to ask you. Is the situation any improving at all with missing and murdered Indigenous women?
2: Well, every drop in the bucket helps. It's uh, awareness is being spread, and that's important. I think so i have hope i remember when i was in young girl in university i used to talk about how many children actually did not make it home from residential school and the problem with mmiw but back then in the early 90s you couldn't talk about that people didn't want to hear about that mm-hmm. so now at least there are ears how long it will take for legislation to change, how long it will take for um, things to change. Things change very slowly. And I understand that the world is um, such a complicated and big place. And, you know, that's, the, that's I think, what happens why we all ha- like end up midlife crisis, why <laughs> we all end up depressed because we realize like you know the economic and political states of the planet the world being able to put the pieces together by studying the and understanding the corruption of the planet understanding how futile it seems to go against um, people in power and systems in place that are so corrupt but I just choose every day to hope and to believe that if we put our energy together, that we can make change happen. I mean, it takes a lot to rile people up, but throughout yeah. human history, there has always been revolution. Yeah. There's always been protests and there has always been change and we are not a static species it's unfortunate how embedded the corruption has become how the sickness of capitalism is driving the the very demise of our species in our entirety you know climate change how how this is happening and how what we can do to still enjoy our lives every day well taking the time to make as much change as we can on an individual level and on a group level mm-hmm. I mean it's just the worst I told you so it's just yeah, right. as in just people you know it's yeah. just the fucking word sorry it's just the worst I told you so like hey don't poison these waters hey you know like you can't eat money Hey money money is spending us, hey, you know, like it's it's the worst I told you, but here I am living in it. here we are, so yeah, we yes, I ultimately, yes, but the grief i I get sad talking about the grief, and um it takes a very privileged perspective to go, oh humans have always colonized or oh humans have always harmed each other it doesn't make it right and uh demographically speaking it's uh to see the the level of injustice is alarming and disheartening and painful
1: so, yeah i think i can agree there's a little bit of progress and we got a long way to go yeah and like lately i'm seeing things is orange shirt day becoming a thing for mm. real is it up there i don't know i see things on on facebook basically
2: yeah it's it's a start you know like um on. for there to be a social change i mean it's really difficult when if you see orange shirts or tim horton's goddamn orange donut. <laughs> right (laughs) oh stupid holy cow really orange sprinkles that's your like it's so infuriatingly stupid i get mad at those kinds of things when it becomes of course and when it becomes corporate and it becomes just this um surface value i get very frustrated but i have to admit as somebody who went to residential school, but, you know, I only went for high school. Yeah. I was not, it was not
1: you the, the worst times.
2: Yeah, I definitely did. I don't want to claim that as my, um, identity as, as my grief lies yeah. with those children that never came home because, um, I love children with my whole heart and I can't even ever imagine hurting a child like it's absolutely heart-wrenching and then I have children I have you know kids I know how smart and wonderful and beautiful and loved I know how incredible those babies were and when I think of them being hurt on that level it's The wound is so big that it's difficult for me to celebrate small things, but as somebody who in Toronto was walking around, just seeing so many people wear orange shirt means whether or not they're being performative or whether or not it's um, all they ever do, it's still an act of support. And it still feels good to see. Even me, even me that can be like so fatalistic and so, uh, I can be so cynical and so, so Mm. judgmental and cynical. I'm just like really, really angry person (laughs) that can be very uh, like sharp with Mm. judgments. But I have to admit, On uh, September 30th, walking around, seeing families with orange shirts on, seeing businesses with orange shirt. It's a small step towards all the change that needs to happen, but it's
1: there. And as you said, they didn't want to even hear about it 20, 30 years ago. So now at least it's sticking the message in people's faces which is a good idea
2: Mm -hmm. that's part of my job you know like luckily uh like the music it's so strange because it's everything is enmeshed the music and the writing and and my life like this isn't this like quote unquote activism isn't a backpack i put on it's something that you know we live and it's it's not a theory. It's something we live. But in, I, in some some forms, like especially if we're talking about improvised music, like I, in some ways, I'll when when I'm really immersed in the sound, it releases itself from political situations. It's yeah. just the, so I've been very very lucky to be able to make art. And then be able to use that as a vessel to to help yeah. as much as I can to spread awareness.
1: Well, let's hear another little bit of split tooth.
2: There are too many foxes this year. It usually happens in a four to seven year cycle, all dictated by the rains and melt. Plenty of rain means that the lemmings and their young are forced above ground where they they are easy prey for the fox pups. If too many foxes survive, there won't be enough food for them when winter comes along. They populate the dump, and all garbage cans in town are full of them. I once saw five foxes in one rusted garbage can. Some become rabid, and all the children need to walk to school carrying a stick, preferably with a nail in it. All of the houses in Nunavut must be built on stilts because the permafrost makes it impossible to sink foundations. The space under the house makes a perfect hiding place for foxes. Foxes are such steadfast and mysterious creatures. If a wolf and a lynx lynx mated, perhaps their love child would be fox. (laughs) who seems to embody the uncanny agility and size of a cat coupled with the strength and durability of a canine. My friend Eugene had to get rabies shots in his tummy after being bitten. It did not look pleasant. I was proud of him for not crying. Let's avoid rabies. My father and I go out with a handgun to kill some foxes satisfying dry cracks and snaps of sound as the gun goes off. I feel like a hero for an instant, saving the foxes a slow death of starvation. My father is strong, self-assured. I hope that someday this fortitude emerges from my fragile physique. The foxes run. The foxes die. I mourn them but I understand that there is danger in mourning for those who would not mourn for you in return. Empathy is for those who can afford it. Empathy is for the privileged. Empathy is not for nature. Our family had dogs that would have to be buried or put out of their misery. My father always took care of his work even if it was mercy killing our family pets. He did it without allowing room for regret. He just did it, like how we are all born, like how we all die. No choice, only action. These foxes will die of starvation, better to put them out of their misery. These foxes will harm school children, better to put them out of their misery. These humans will destroy the earth, better to put them out of their misery. Right now, we are earth eaters, but I want to be a blood lover, an oil spewer, someone with a great wingspan, a spirit sipper, a flesh liquor. I want it all. I kill a mountain of foxes in my dreams, mercy killings, but I do enjoy it.
1: Ah, uh, that was an excellent selection to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Was, I remember it. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. Folks must say, remember, you can go to YouTube, Tanya Tagak, there's lots of wonderful performances. You'll be blown away by by the uh very good videos that the folks at Six Shooter Records put together, uh, produced
2: oh, for you. her.
1: They deserve a shout out for that because it's just wonderful. Don't miss uh, Retribution, uh, the new album Tongues. Anyway, folks, you can find all these things at YouTube. And I would highly recommend the interview from the Red Bull Music Academy in Montreal. Uh, Tanya talks a lot of biography in that. So it complements what we talked about here, focusing more on your art, artistic stuff, writing and all that. So I guess we've done it. Tanya, thanks so much. It's been great. Okay. I'm Thank you so
2: much. You take off. care.
1: You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to Let Poetry Speak to You. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter-Mundley. And remember... Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address Poetry spoken here at gmail.com